0: Hi there, and thanks for joining us. Coming up on this episode, leading change within your business and the expert who says he can help you do it, the training courses that are being put in place by CCAT to improve the lot of businesses in West Cork and across Cork County, and what Student Inc. does for those in the Rubicon. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is Red Business.
1: Red Business. Cork's exclusive business podcast.
0: As we've talked about a lot on the podcast, education has changed. And the idea that you go to third level, you get your your degree or whatever, and you're out the door, that's no longer what education is about. Continuous learning is hugely important and my next guests are going to tell me about how one programme is making a real difference in helping students become entrepreneurs. We've got the programme manager of Student Inc, Carol O'Leary. Carol, how are you? How are you, Jonathan? And we also have Jonathan Milan, who is uh, just out of a mechanical engineering degree in CIT and going to do a master's. Is that right? Yeah,
2: that's it. You're,
0: you're stuck in the middle of the whole thing there. That's a, yeah. um, so... Look, let's talk about Student Inc. first of all, Carol. What is it?
3: Okay, so CIT have been running Student Inc. since 2011. So, over the years before that, we would run various student competitions, but they were only competitions. So, at the end of the competition, nothing would happen. So, I suppose we're part of the Rubicon team, and within the Rubicon, they would have met the students, they would have seen the projects and they would have seen that there was commercial potential, but nothing happened. So in the summer of 2011, we scrounged around, got some funding and put on a programme. And that first year we had three students start a business in the summer in the Rubicon. So they got office space, training, mentoring, and they got seed funding to get their business up and running. So roll forward to 2019. Um, This year we have managed to roll out the programme to IT Tralee and UCC as well as partners. So this year we have 30 students within the three campuses starting their businesses.
0: Okay, and and again, it comes back to the idea you don't have to wait to become an entrepreneur. It can happen while you're still in college.
3: Absolutely. And I've just run the stats for this year, and 20% of the 30 participants this year are first-year students. So they've just finished first year.
0: And are they horrifically cocky individuals who think no. they've got fantastic plans that are going to change the world? Or are they a little bit more grounded?
3: No, they're, they're not at all. Um, some of them are concept stage, so we don't expect them to, um, to start straight away. But down along the line, they might come back with another idea or they might continue to work on their project for the remainder of college. It's
0: about a culture, really, isn't it? It's about a culture of of putting ideas into their young, impressionable minds.
3: And not having the fear of failure is a big thing. Yeah. Um, Like, this would be much more common in the States. I've been doing a little research and nearly all of the universities in the States have a similar summer programme for student entrepreneurs. So, It's it's the done thing. It's
2: the done thing. Yeah, Jonathan,
0: so you you are the done thing. Um, Now, you are how old?
2: 23.
0: 23. So you're, you're a young fella who has a long way away from a Zimmer frame, am That's I right? It, yeah, yeah. yeah, this is it. So, why did you come up with the idea that the Zimmer frame, as we all know, it needs to be improved?
2: So, you'd have to go back to Thorger, so that was two years ago. All those years um, ago. <laughs> so, we started off in one of the things in mechanical engineering you do is I think called IPT, where you come together as a group, random group of people thrown together through a group and um, you're told generate an idea and come up with uh, the mechanics, how it works, the biomechanics, how it works, things like that. And so in our group there was myself, Maureen Hickey, Keena O'Leary and Kevin Hayes and Alex Soligab. We all had different backgrounds, so there was two in biomedical and three in mechanical. We initially Maureen worked in a nursing home, or she had a friend who worked in a nursing home. So that was grand. She saw firsthand the difficulties people have with similar friends and then my own grandmother had a hip replacement so I would have been at her house helping her get out of the chair. Now she's like a typical Irish granny. She wants to make a cup of tea for everyone that comes in the door. Yes, I
0: said, don't help me,
2: I'm fine. Exactly, yeah. And you know, the Irish pride that people have that they they want to do everything by themselves, like we, I just struggled to see my grandmother try to get out of a chair all the time with a standard Zimmer frame. It just wasn't, it wasn't developed enough. Like,
0: yeah, no, you can't exactly just put a go faster stripe on it in the hope that that'll get them moving quicker. You have to fundamentally change the design. So, what have you been working on?
2: So we started off with um, looking at the Zimmer frame and what it does at the moment. So initially, at the moment, the Zimmer frame, what you do is you have to pull yourself forwards. Um, so we had to redesign that. So what we've done is we completely redesigned the frame from growing up. Um, to allow the person to, or allow the frame to lower its handles down to the seated waist height, allowing the user to um, <coughs> uh, push down instead of pulling against themselves, trying to pull. Well, the, they pull the frame on top of themselves. Exactly. Yeah. So they use it
0: to ground them. Exactly. As they get there's
2: up. more stability in, involved in the frame. It allows them to push down instead of pulling themselves up. And we've done some uh, research into it, and we found that there's a reduction in the hip, knee and ankles by 30% in each each area.
0: And again, do you, you're physically changing the frame because it needs the stability and structure exactly, so they can yeah. use it to walk. So how do you get it from the up position to the down position and back so up it's,
2: again? It's using um, a, a linear actuator at the moment. So it just pushes the two legs apart and then it lowers the handles down then in time with uh, <coughs> using the linear actuator. So as it pushes out the front legs, the back legs stay in place and then as the front legs go out the handles start to lower down which allows then so that they have the handles by their side so it can fit to any chair not just their own new home chair home
0: Very clever, Carol I Very mean, good, again yeah. you're, you're sitting there's a mass application for that Has it been done before, Jonathan?
2: There's something like it in America but it's not done the exact same way It's... It it has the concept of lowering down but there's not a lot of stability in it. Yeah, like it's not as good as it's what not you're good, trying exactly to say. It, yeah. Yeah. So
0: in other words, therefore the CORE convention can get there. Uh, so so you then now have a project that you can, I mean, is the, is the idea that you go for patent on something like this?
2: Yeah, that's the plan in the next, well, I'd say we need another two years of research at least and development into, into it before we get to a PCT stage for patenting.
0: Carol, I mean, years ago what would have happened was Jonathan would have graduated and he'd gone into a company and he would have been frustrated for a while and then eventually somebody but he maybe might have spotted a bit of potential and he would have been allowed to design something and then it went into a design phase and eventually uh, the idea might have emerged after about 15 years. You can short circuit this through something like Student ink, can't you? Uh,
3: absolutely. And before that project report would have sat on someone's shelf, end of story, um, Jonathan would probably have moved into some industry, maybe forgotten all about your Zimmer frame and moved on. Yeah. But now at least even... You know, not, not Jonathan's projects, but other projects, even if they don't succeed, the skills that they learn over those three months, like they do 25 days of business training, business mentoring, one to ones with um, practicing practitioners, um, any company they go into, the skills will be phenomenal yeah. for them, you know, and, for any and industry.
0: And the way that companies have gone, and I've seen this with the companies that are, are in Republic of Work, where we, where we work out of, um, it, it's about encouraging and supporting that internal intelligence rather than leave it wither her um, that, that companies are interested in these days. So this generation, and I sound like an old man, this generation has the potential to, to kind of jumpstart their own future career.
3: Yeah, and, and I suppose it's entrepreneurs we're producing, but more importantly, entrepreneurial graduates. Hmm. Use, use useful graduates. Useful. <laughs> yeah. So so this year, for example, across the, the three colleges, with the 30 students, 57% of them are non-business and humanities students. So these are engineers, um, they're software designers, are software architect people. They have no business skills. So they will come out of Student Inc. with a, a business plan completed that they can show to a potential investor. Yeah.
0: And it just adds value to the CV. And Jonathan, yeah. did, again, this isn't probably the journey that you thought you'd end up in, but isn't that what education is all about? It's that not just the theory, it's the practice and, and making as good a career as you can for yourself.
2: That's it. and just trying to get all necessary skills to progress, really, I suppose. And I mean, i found that through Student Inc that I've met amazing people like uh, Patrick Connor from ArthurXL, he's been fantastic. He was like my mentor that um, Student Inc provided to me. He gave me all the possibilities that I could take. And then, even with studenting, then I've had workshops on business plans, finances, mm. all the areas that I would have been weak in.
0: And what does your grand make of all of this now that you've she you, loves you've, it, does she?
2: Yeah, because we use my, we have a video of my grandmother trying to use the old Zimmer frame. Um, and we've actually used that in competitions. Like <laughs> you've made her a YouTube star, exactly. You? Yeah, As this it? is it. Like and um, <laughs> she loves it. Like she's talking to town, really. Like. That's what that's so, what we
0: like to hear. Well, well done, her. And exactly, I'm glad the hip yeah. operation went so well. She won't need the Zimmer frame, hopefully, uh, for too long. But others will be able to use the technology. Jonathan, we wish you the very best of luck. Carol, how can people can find out more about Student Inc.
3: Yeah, so uh, through any of the colleges. So um, myself and CIT, um, and it's the Launchpad in UCC, and it's the Tom Queen Centre in IT. Trilly.
0: Okay, so if you just Google Student Inc, it'll it'll Inc. bring you to the the yeah. appropriate college. Yeah, it's a great initiative. We wish you and everyone involved the very best. So, look, Carol O'Leary and Jonathan Boland. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you.
1: Very thank you. Red Business: All that's best about business in Cork.
0: Now, next up on Red Business. Um, Lots of companies out there change and evolve and they can run into the sand for different reasons. And it could be something simple like they've reached capacity or maybe they've hit some kind of difficulty that they cannot get over internally. So who do you go to in that scenario? Well, there's lots of big companies uh, out there um, who might not necessarily be the perfect fit for what you are trying to do. Well, my next guest is somebody who is Targeting that market and honing his skills and the skill set of those around him to fix many of the problems that arise. Brian Kremen of 360 is with me now. Brian, you're very welcome. Thank you for joining us.
1: And thank you, Jonathan, for the opportunity.
0: Um, I mean, have I got that right? There, what you guys are in many ways are, are are fixers of problems.
1: You're right. Look, I suppose at our core, we're a consultancy firm which helps businesses. Um, evolve and improve how they perform so they can maximise profitability. All businesses are out there to make profit. Um, And of course they come across challenges and in the current climate, every business has a challenge. It can be that they've grown very, very quickly. Um, and they have lots of inefficiency uh, within their processes. They may very well have uh, a restriction on being able to hire uh, people, uh, not necessarily because of budget, but because the people aren't there. Um, they may have reached a peak of challenge in terms of their market um, and they may need to look um, outside their territory, may need to look internationally. but. I suppose at their core what they're all looking for is some help with how they can unstick themselves from where they are and that's where we come in Mm. so Uh, there there are so many different challenges that
0: that can arise what what is the most common one that someone will come to 360
1: with? Usually um, it's very difficult to generalise but usually what you have is and it can be wrapped up in this particular phrase what got them here won't get them there yes so they've grown to maybe 50, 60, 70 100 people um, um, they have cobbled together a lot of processes and systems that, that have worked but now the pressure is coming on in terms of real growth and they're finding out what worked for them in the past isn't working now. It's putting pressure on their people, it's putting pressure on their delivery, it's putting pressure on their supply chain and customers and clients are complaining. So. And a, lot of, a
0: lot of the time, they won't understand why the customer is inclined. Who's been so happy to this point, all of a sudden are starting to give out to them that things aren't being done, and that can be very discombobulating.
1: Uh, and and a lot of time, the, the the complaint the customer has isn't the core of what the issue is, right? So the customer could be complaining about late delivery, whereas if you if you step back through the whole process, that may very well be back at even you know the the, the salespeople giving uh, unrealistic timelines for delivery and so on. So you need to be able to identify where the core of the problem is, and that that's where the objectiveness of 360 comes in fresh set of eyes lots of very serious senior practitioners who've been out there and who've done this type of stuff and that's what our team is made up of and we would go in and we'd diagnose what the problem is with we- the business and with their own people not not separately because again no one knows their, their business better than themselves right? so you need, you need to deal with the people who are working in the business. Our job is to go in and help them get unstuck you, Your
0: background is, is banking actually so you, is. you would have seen this coming through the door to you all of the time. And, and your job as a banker isn't to solve the problems, yet you accrued a certain skill set that you're able to use now.
1: And that's correct. And, and you know, um, you know, we can all look at a set of accounts and see what the, what, what they're saying. The real trick is to see what they're not saying and where's the real core issue. And I keep going back to this thing about finding out what the core problem is. Because oftentimes a business owner will just go in and put in place a quick fix. And it just fixes it for today, but it doesn't fix the overall problem. You have to go and do some deep analysis to find out what the core problem is and then go and fix it. Deal with their people, work with their people. So our team in 360 is made up of people with pharmaceutical background, financial services background, manufacturing, light and heavy engineering, uh, services, BPO, all sectors of of business. So we can bring that external expertise. We can bring, you know, we've been there, done that and worn the T-shirt so we can fix it for you. But how we do it is a bit different to your traditional consultancy firm in that you know, we'll go in and fix the problem with you. So like our mantra is we'll do it for you, we'll do it with you, or we'll train your people to do it. What we find is that it's a combination of all three that works best or expertise or objectivity or skills and experience combined with Mm. the people who work in the business. Does
0: that mean sometimes you have to have difficult conversations?
1: It means a lot of times you have to have difficult conversations. You have to have the challenging conversation, particularly with, you know, a lot of people have emotional attachment to this is the way we've always done stuff. So it may involve a piece of culture change. And just because you have to have a difficult conversation doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a bad conversation. It's about creating the right environment of trust and openness and the proper rapport with people. And we do that quite quickly.
0: I mentioned at the very start that there are lots of big companies doing this. So you have a lot of big players out there. Uh, The big four always comes to mind. Why, Why would they choose 360 as opposed to going to one of those bigger traditionally Dublin based models
1: okay. um, Why our clients are choosing 360 as opposed to the, the, the big four is that I suppose we have a proven track record of delivery number one, we partner and champion the business owner and their key people through the process and we're made up of practitioners so um, you know, a lot of complaints and the big four do a superb job and I wouldn't take it from them but where we're different is we will as, as I said earlier our mantra is we'll do it for you, we'll do it with you or we'll train your people to do it Um, And I suppose the other piece is, and and we hear this all the time from our clients, is you understand what we're going through because you've gone through this before. Um, Like we are practitioners. We've all worked in industry. So we haven't come through the traditional consultancy route. We've come through the the, 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 the industry industry. and that's what works mostly for us.
0: Do you have a good track record? I mean, you obviously you, you've been doing this a while. So when you look back on the companies you've dealt with, that's obviously the, the the recognition of how well you've been doing. How well has it gone?
1: So so we we take huge pride in 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 maintaining a relationship with all of our clients, um, so, such that we would keep in in regular contact. Sometimes socially, because when you're working with people for a period of time, you build up relationships with them. Um, and we would track their progress. And because we're good at what we do, we invariably wind up being pulled back in when they when they come across the next level of problem or challenge. So um, we would have seen really, really good companies over the last uh, 10, 15 years become magnificent companies. Um, Irish companies with, now with an international flavour, uh, companies that started quite small who are now big, companies who were big and haven't grown their headcount, but have actually increased their sales and their output by 50% through creating a culture continuous improvement so uh, we pride ourselves on maintaining contact with mm. our clients because when we build the relationship we like to keep the relationship
0: When you look at a challenge like Brexit for example and, and I know and I've banged on about this about going around the country with Enterprise Ireland yeah. to various roadshows, yeah. shows where they we're trying to get yeah. people to, to yeah. step up and, yeah. and identify the yeah. challenges yeah. the biggest challenge and, and opinion poll after opinion poll has proven this Brian is that companies just stick their head in the sand it's nothing to do with me I'm sure it'll be grand it'll all work out and, and we don't know what's going to happen on October 31st and still don't I mean, can you understand that the mindset of the ostrich
1: I'd, absolutely and, in, and there are two sides to it one is that maybe they were right to do it for a long period of time because of the uncertainty no one knows what's going to happen Uh, No no one could have foreseen that um, we would be in the situation that we're in, albeit that a number of months ago it became became very clear that Theresa May wasn't going to get the result that she wanted to get. Now you have Boris Johnson in place. We still don't know. We have massive uncertainty. The the issue that's facing most businesses at the moment is the uncertainty of not knowing what's going to happen. The sooner we get a result, whatever it is, and hopefully it'll be the most benign result for, for, for Ireland, but the sooner we get a result, then businesses will be able to respond. Um, there are massive challenges in Ireland at the moment. One one recent one I came across was we're at 95% capacity in terms of warehousing. So we, we can't store any more stuff now. Right? And this was people who were doing the right thing, which was, which was ordering in advance and stockpiling. And they were right to do that. So a lot of companies have done what they know they can do to secure supply. Um, but outside of that, it's still largely unknown and it's the uncertainty that's causing most of the pain barrier. As soon as we get certainty, you'll have to react, you'll have to respond and that will bring its own level of positivity and Mm. movement.
0: Do you have concern for where we're at, because you, 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 I'd like to think that a lot of the companies who've been coming to 360 have been ones like that, wanting to move to the next level, seeing an opportunity, knowing that they were stuck for an internal reason. How concerned are you that those companies are now going to be hit by external factors, and and, and that the good work that's been done is going to be impacted by something outside of their control, such as another recession, such as Brexit, such as not quite as bad as oh seven oh eight, but up there with it.
1: So I suppose at the moment anybody whose main one of their main customers is the UK is in the UK. If their main base of customers is in the UK, they're under pressure even now without <laughs> Brexit because, because of the, 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 the euro versus um, versus sterling. And their challenge now in terms of being able to continue to add value, uh, that isn't just about pricing. Uh, the biggest challenge that, that businesses are going to find is to differentiate why their product is different from everybody else other than just it being about pricing. Um, we are very driven in the retail side by huge um, online presence. Um, you know, retail stores are finding that a major challenge, as you know, and we've seen that over the last number of years. That's not going to change in the next 12 months. If anything, it'll get worse. Um, but if you're going back to the, the big challenge for that we're seeing is, is with our clients whose main um, source of sale is in the UK and they're struggling at the moment in terms of competing Um, and what we're working with them on is to improve their supply chain make it more efficient. Efficiency drives out cost and gets rid of uh, unnecessary overhead in terms of cost. Uh, making their processes more more efficient and making their people more effective. Um, the, the traditional thing about, you know, oh, we need more people, just put people on the job is not is not working anymore because mm-hmm. all you're doing is you're increasing the level of inefficiency.
0: Well, one of the things that, that struck me from speaking to the companies that did deal with this was that when they looked at what they were doing in the context of Brexit, they became leaner, they became more efficient anyway and they weeded out a lot of the problems um, look, glass half full or glass half empty at the moment, right? Which is it?
1: Oh, uh, half full, definitely half full, and, and we need to we need to realise how how good things are in Ireland at the moment you know um, we're look we, lo- we love the negative story and we love to look at um, at how things aren't going well but just look around even in our in our own city here Jonathan you know look at the number of cranes we can see just you know 15
0: apparently this is week. it 50. 15
1: you know like that's immense like we, we, we didn't see that for many years there's going to be some wonderful stuff happening down the Dockland uh, area um, McCurtain Street is an example just look at the vibrancy around that as a street that you know for a long long time suffered even even before the the boom time it wasn't or during the boom time it wasn't doing well so we've an awful lot going for us we have we have the most productive workforce in the world Uh, research is showing it so we've an awful lot going for us Cork in particular has a lot going for it Um, Brexit will come in 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 whatever shape or form well it, it will come and there are a number of days yet for the politicians to hopefully see sense and do the do some of the right things but whatever comes we'll respond to it and have people
0: will hopefully do that using your company. How do you get in contact with 360? So,
1: very simply, you'll get us on uh, our website, which is www.your360partner.com, or you... they can contact me directly um, on, on my own email.
0: Okay, very good. Uh, Brian Kremen of uh, 360, wish you and your colleagues the very best luck. Thanks for joining and us in Red Business. Thank you so much, Jonathan.
1: Thank you. Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork.
0: Various programmes have been set up right across Cork to help people in various different ways, but one of the more established ones, one of, I could be the better ones, is called CCAD. Uh, You'll be familiar with the CCAD sign because it's on lots of different things around Cork County, but who are they, what do they do, and how can you get involved? Well, the man who's going to answer that myriad of questions is sitting in front of me right now, Ryan Howard of CCAD. How are
4: you? Jonathan, I'm just fantastic, thank you.
0: Good to have you. Here, um, people will see the sign. I mean, that's what. Well, first of all, I, I, that I've seen CCAT but I couldn't remember where or in what context. So, yeah.
4: who are ye? CCAT are a local development company. Basically, we're a volunteer-based organisation, not-for-profit, and our job for the last 23 years has been to take some public money and invest it into community and local businesses. Um, So, so in in effect, reverse taxation, putting money back into communities, uh, but also looking at partnerships within that context, partnerships with the likes of local authority, uh, with state bodies, and and working in collaboration with investors, whether they be volunteers or private individuals.
0: Okay, and what do you therefore invest the in? What kind of programs?
4: Yeah, I suppose there's a whole range of uh, work going on in terms of supporting people get back to work, in terms of investing in small food businesses, craft businesses, uh, investing in in enterprise space, um, but also investing in community communities. Uh, And I suppose what we're aiming for here is to enable communities to be more sustainable, uh, to be more balanced in terms of what they can provide for young and old. uh, And what we're looking for is, I suppose, creativity uh, in terms of maximising the use of this public funding.
0: Um, When people think about projects like this, oh, they go, oh they're very worthy I should look you know, I wouldn't be bothered investing in that kind of thing or I wouldn't be bothered drawing money from that kind of thing yeah. once you start to put the money out there and the investment out there what kind of return were you getting from the community
4: I suppose uh, it, it does take a bit of time uh, for people to understand exactly how to make use of it and get access to these funds sometimes they're quite bureaucratic you've got to put it out straight away that they're not easy to get at oh red
0: tape they love red <laughs> tape on a farm
4: <laughs> and unfortunately I suppose, after 20 years you get the red tape added to every year um, uh, and it does, it is a challenge. However, at the end of the day, this is really important investment. It's really important access to our funding that, that is available um, and it, uh, we take our time to make sure that we also are very clear about what we want to prioritise in terms of investment. It isn't a matter of just uh, come through the door and everybody can get access to it. It is based on on plans that we ourselves would have developed uh, over the years with the communities and with the individuals and, and businesses. And
0: having identified a need in a certain exactly area. Yeah. So what one of the things you're about to do is a specific training course on tourism so who are you looking to train?
4: Yeah. Okay. So, what we're ta- targeting there are, are tourism businesses um, in certain towns across and, and catchments uh, uh, across Cork. The aim with this training is, I suppose, to look at improving and supporting those businesses to improve their sustainability through quality, through, um, through investments in things like customer service, uh, developing local food menus, public relations, and digital marketing. So, this is the, the fourth module program that we've developed. Again, it's been developed in conjunction with and in consultation with. With tourism businesses, there is there is gaps and there is opportunities there for improvement of standards. And what we're aiming to do was to try to improve or try to encourage those businesses to look at this very uh, very carefully and mm. to take the opportunity to actually. Uh, I suppose allocate some time uh, their time and we'll allocate the trainers to work with them. So who, who
0: gets involved? Is it your B&B owner? Is it the waiter? Is it is it somebody working in the back of house? Who goes yeah. along to these courses to benefit?
4: I think ideally what you want is you want the owner managers to, uh, to be directly involved in these projects. Um, uh, they may allocate a, spurt, a, a certain staff member if they've got a number of staff. Uh, very much, yes, hoping that a lot of this will be looking at the smaller businesses uh, because uh, I suppose this training is very much uh, going to focus on, uh, on on developing the basic skills in terms of these um, initiatives. In year one, I should say it's, it's a two-year two programme. The first two year, we'll look at basic skills and developing those skills. Mm. The second year, and it'll happen in the shoulder seasons of 2018 and 19, and then again in 20 and 21.
0: Well, do you see people who will be listening to this going, I don't have the time for that. I can't <laughs> be hanging around for weeks so and end, <laughs> listening to some fella telling me what I should be doing in my business.
4: Yeah, um, no, I, I think uh, that, that businesses need to very carefully look at this opportunity because, first of all, it's it's really good value. We'll be presenting it in, in half day um, programs, uh, which will only cost 10 euros, or some of the programs are full day, 20 euros. It's for nothing, it's basically heavily subsidized through the leader program. Uh, and I suppose we are targeting shoulder season, the period of time when those businesses will be a little less busy, busy um, so that we maximise, hopefully, the, the numbers of businesses that will get involved.
0: And what do you want them to achieve out of that? Because they have a business, um, yeah. but we know how tourism is challenged. Uh, yeah. Brexit is looming. Uh, Brexit has already impacted because of the number of British tourists yeah. is down. So is it about making these companies, these businesses, a lot of which are family-run, more sustainable and ensuring that they can last and keep going for the next couple of years.
4: Exactly. That's it. That's exactly what the motivation is and it's exactly what the timing of investment... uh, We could have taken this investment into any sector, but we we saw... And we see the challenges there for small family-run or small tourism businesses, Uh, and this is an opportunity for the learning and for the preparation, um, and I suppose for the improvement of standards in terms of getting access to new customers or uh, getting a more repeat business coming back to them. Um, And working in communication skills, and uh, whether it be face-to-face or or through social media, Uh, and very much. what you said there earlier, which is about sustaining into a, in, into maybe not an uncertain future, maybe.
0: Yeah, um, you you do other courses as well, isn't yeah. We're talking about the tourism one. What else do you do out there in terms of training?
4: We're also about to start a, a very a major training program with communities, um, getting community leaders together uh, to look at their community for the future. So it's called My Town My Plan, um, and it's very much about getting people to focus on the next ten, fifteen, or twenty years and looking at. Um, I suppose, the community that they live in are they, and, and looking at what they believe they're, they're facing into in terms of the future. The
3: funny
0: thing about this, we, we, we've been doing the town takeover uh, in Cork's Red FM for the last couple of months and, mm. and it's great to see towns that engage um, and the ones that engage are the ones that survive mm. and the ones who look at their shoes and lament the loss of everything are the ones that really are doomed for right. at least the next generation. Yeah. Th- there's a real dichotomy between the two types of yeah. town, and and there's plenty of both out there.
4: Yeah, and, uh, and that's a challenge, absolutely. Um, and what you're trying to do is, I suppose, um, is to try to spur on those that are that are lagging behind. Those, and sometimes lagging behind because maybe policy has been state policy or local policy hasn't focused on how to spur on those communities that might be lagging behind. So we're trying to do it through a bottom-up process, getting communities, getting people to realise where they're at, and and to stop if they are just looking outside of themselves waiting for something to happen to stop that and to start saying change happens within change so happens here
0: Who pays for all of this? Because I mean if you're, if you're giving it away for a tenner for a half day which is hardly <laughs> profitable enterprise somebody somewhere has to carry the financial cat
4: Absolutely and uh, uh, without public funding we couldn't do this um, There's a wonderful programme called Leader it's a European funding it comes in it's co-financed through Irish f- uh, funding um, and ultimately that programme has been there for over 20 years over 25 years and what that allows us to do is that allows us to get access to this funding and then to Invested in this kind of initiative, into these kinds of trainings, uh, which can then be, as you say, heavily subsidized to, to make sure that they run and are accessible to all.
0: OK, and the local authorities are very helpful and supportive uh, as well. Absolutely.
4: Um, uh, in that particular programme, leader programme, we're the implementing partner uh, for parts of Cork and West Cork and South Cork. Uh, maybe I'll get an opportunity to name some of the towns, the key areas that we're focusing on. Uh, but we're implementing partners with Cork County Council through a committee called the LCDC, which which acts within the council to, uh, I suppose, coordinate... Uh, There's a
0: lot of acronyms and names thrown glad, in there, yeah, isn't there? I won't go through them all. You but, uh, live in the <laughs> land of acronyms. So what towns are you focusing on then okay. in particular?
4: So in, in the... East Cork area. Just in terms of say, the training programs that we're talking about in East Cork, we will we will look at the catchments of Yall, Yall Middleton Cove. Just south of the city in Carrigaline, west in Colleg, uh, and and further west into Kensale, Clonakilty, Ross, Carbery, and Skibbereen. So those are those are the hubs. It's not meant to just be focused on people or businesses that are based there, but in the, the catchments of those towns. So how do people get involved, and where can they find all the detail that they need on this? If they go to um, our website, so secad.ie, uh, www.secad.ie, um, and it's secad.ie.
0: Okay, and look, you want pretty much everybody, don't you? There there is nobody, Ryan, other than people who have a vested interest in their own business doing well that you want to see. So, in other words, it's anyone out there who's trading, anyone out there who has a question about what they're going to do next or how they can develop their business, CCAD.ie is where they need to go.
4: Please, yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay, Ryan Howard of CCAD, uh, good luck with the tourism training and the community training programmes that you're undertaking. And uh, thank you for joining us on Red Business.
4: Jonathan, thank you so much.
0: My thanks to all of my guests, as always. Niamh Hennessy produced. Don't forget, all episodes are up on redextra.ie. We'll catch you on the next one.
1: The only show in town for Cork Business, Red Business.